0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ascend and Transcend. I'm super excited to be speaking with Grace Ann Bennett today. She is somebody who is a complete powerhouse in the world of brand building, product development, and organizational transformation. She brings a strong track record of partnering with huge CEOs and CMOs to drive significant increases in shareholder value, which is what everybody wants, especially the Fortune 500 companies that she's worked with. Today, she's going to talk with us a little bit about this mean girls culture that sometimes pops up when women are grabbing for new rungs, climbing the corporate ladder, or even in entrepreneurship. Right, Ann? So please welcome her to the show today. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. This is great. I love this topic and it's kind of a third rail topic, but I it's something that I've thought about a lot and I'm really excited that you want to talk to me about that because yeah. I think there's a positive and negative side to women in the workplace and and
0: I couldn't it's great. agree more. I think I think if you're a woman who's had the the unique opportunity to work for both like a fortune 500 company and maybe a smaller completely women-owned, women-run company, you can see the vast differences. But it's not always one size fits all as, oh, well, women should just go work for other women and it'll be great and it'll be kumbaya and it'll all be supportive and sending the elevator back down and all of this good stuff. It doesn't always work out that way. I've had my own experiences in that. But I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey, Grace Ann, and how you you got to come to the decision that you really needed to create Playbook Studio about three years ago?
1: Okay, well, great. I've had a long career. I started, I, I stopped counting after two decades, but I definitely think <laughs> it's three decades plus. And I always wanted to work in understanding brands and building their value, their meaning in culture and society. And, and so I, as a little girl in Southern California, I, I was always obsessed with how do people figure out how one brand, why you wear one pair of jeans versus another, how you, how you pick, pick, uh, pick brands. And so I went off and had my dream career in New York. And I, I mean, I worked for, for women since, you know, the beginning of my career. And some of them have been my strongest advocates and best mentors. Uh, but I've also been taken down, I mean, probably a couple times that even lost a job based on a woman client that that sent that that literally gave my company the gun to shoot me with.
0: No way. Yes. What do you it feel was like is the underlying intention or what was the upside for her? There's, you know, everybody always usually has their own agenda. But yeah. I do feel like maybe it's Tina Fey who says like there's a special dumpster in hell for women who target other women, um, especially in this kind of arena. So Mm -hmm. do you feel like there was an intention? Can you tell us a little bit more about that specific situation where you felt targeted?
1: Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's an interesting story. So I was and it's funny because once when I was uh, pregnant with my my third child, I was told by a man that I wasn't sexy enough for my position. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is before me, too. So that was a guy saying, okay, you know, we need a sexy new business person and you're super smart, but you're not sexy enough for the creative director, a man who wants a sexy new business partner. So that was from kind of the man side. So this will, this will take me to how I got shot down and taken down by this woman. So, so that was one thing. And then, so I had my third kid, I got started doing yoga, got into shape, lost 30 pounds. It was in the best shape of my life. And I was crushing it at my job, running strategy for Ogilvy & Mather in Chicago, working on the Dove campaign for Real Beauty, doing all these global repositioning projects, working Unilever, Kimberly Clark, all these big, big brands, mm-hmm. and super successful. We tripled the size of the office. Everything was going really well. But I was getting sexier and sexier, quote, unquote, You know, as I kind of got rid of the baby weight, and I was feeling super good, and I was wearing, you know, it just... I was having so much fun, you know, yeah. as a woman in the workplace that it was like great. in fashion, probably. Right. Then,
0: you know, what signal is that? Oh, right. God. And I'd okay. wear heels and I'd walk around in my heels
1: and, you know, and I was, felt like, you know, power boss, you know, In a but, it, yeah. and then all the women in my, in my department, they started dressing like me, but we all had fun. And so we were, I mean, we were kind of known as this like killer female group of really good looking, super smart women, just crushing it. And it was it was super fun. So so kind of coming into my own, feeling really good about myself, all the success in the office, building my team of these really mostly women, probably about 80 percent of my team are women. And then I went to Italy for this client and I was doing a big uh, workshop session and the, the, the company and I won't name it just. six. Like, Protect. Yeah.
0: the guilty. We're lucky. Anyway, I would to name protect it, the yeah. guilty. Well,
1: I can, <laughs> right. I can name it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. anyway, it was, it's for a tractor company, Case IH, mm. out of um, okay in the Midwest. And so my female client, um, she was the chief marketing officer. I actually don't even remember her name, but uh, so she was. She brought us in to do brand positioning for case ih this tractor company that goes against uh john deere and some of these big brands so we went to italy where the corporate so they were part of fiat and so we went to italy and we had a workshop and i do these dinners and downloads before we go into the workshop where everybody gets to know each other we have dinner we're drinking wine we're doing a little presentation and there was a table right by the um, presentation table where i was giving the presentation and there all the men, the, the CEO of the company, all the men were sitting at that table and she had placed mm-hmm. all the people at the table. And I was supposed to be sitting in the back of the um, of the room with her and some other women and all the power men were at the front. But I was presenting. So all the guys said to me, they said, you should sit here like there's right. an empty seat. Sit here. You're presenting it anyway. Come sit with us. But the woman was in the back. Right. Who is my client? And I didn't sit where she put me. So I do the presentation. I probably have I think I had a glass and half of wine. Everybody was having fun. It's you know, it's a dinner and a download. It's supposed to be fun. And so I think nothing of it. it. And then we have um, and then oh, and then the CEO, her boss's boss, took me around with his team, men and women, and like gave me a ride to one of the events. And said oh i love talking to you so i was connecting with her boss's boss the men at the table all these things were you know but it was all going well ran the workshop it was success so she writes a letter after this this italy trip and she writes a letter to my boss at the agency saying that grace ann was inappropriate wow She, she sat at the wrong table she was flirting with all of the men at the table and she was going to have sex, have an affair with the CEO of the company because they were planning some trip to go to the conference in London. And I stopped that, but she was on the path to like doing something inappropriate.
0: Wow. All not true. Wow. Wow! So, so she sends this note. Were after, you even single at this time?
1: Or were you in sing- a relationship?
0: I was, I was single.
1: Well, that's even was, more threatening.
0: And, I mean, forget and, it. If you're single, and beautiful and you have your shit together it's yeah i mean you're very vulnerable
1: so vulnerable and so and then these men we i was having a power struggle with these men who didn't want me to go to a conference they did not want me to go to the can advertising conference in 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 in, uh france because they said i don't trust men around you and they're going to hit on you and that's not a place for you to be so you can't go to this conference with all the other men because you are too dangerous, and so I was battling it oh. out with them. So this woman sends it. I'm on this. I'm in this battle with these guys, and then they just take me out and say, like, so anyway, I, lo- I lost my job within a week of that letter.
0: Wow. So were you even given the space to, like, defend yourself against these accusations? Not really. Okay.
1: I mean, I, I just basically kind of there's all this, there's just other stuff going on. And I just, it literally, they took me out. I had to, and I had to get lawyers really quickly. I couldn't really. Wow. And then you, you have to decide whether you're going to go, like, am I going to write a book about right. women in the workplace and just have this be my thing and forget having a career in advertising, marketing, branding, what I love, what I built my all whole the stuff career that, on.
0: Exactly. All of the dues you've paid, all of the sacrifices, especially as a mother of three. Mm-hmm. But along the way, you've made and then you just kind of, to your point, right, you just will get cast aside and then now that has to be your label or your identity mm-hmm. or you have to somehow, you know, um, validate yourself again or like mm-hmm. clear your name as being this yes Harlan, I don't even know what the fuck Well, and, and, it. right, like, that's they so got, ridiculous.
1: Right, and even in part of the thing they were accusing me of, sex, I was like, I've been sexually harassed and there's other parts of the story I'm not right. even getting into. And they're saying, oh, are you the sexual harasser? I'm like, just because I I look good in heels and I go into this meeting and I'm an attractive woman. I mean, it's, it was just crazy going from someone telling me I'm not sexy enough for my job. Right. And then being taken out by a woman and men for being too sexy at my
0: job. It feels like a razor's edge, Grace Ann. It's like mm-hmm. you, you do. You are, you're supposed to be pretty and the face, right? Especially if you're doing mm-hmm. branding, especially in your line of work, right? There is, mm-hmm. you have to, personify what you're selling, which is what they're selling, which is their brand. So you have to be attractive enough for them, you know, to kind of quote unquote, bring you to the dance, right. To be associated with you. But then if you are, which is all completely subjective, which completely fucks women over is, well, then when are you too sexy or when are you too likable or are you laughing just a little too loud at dinner or did you have a half a glass of wine? too much that somebody might now think that you've been slightly inebriated. So then, I mean, it's just such bullshit. And so I think a lot of times women, and that was my experience too. And I worked for some large companies, which I won't name because I actually still love a lot of people there, but they're big ones and you can't go anywhere without seeing them. Mm -hmm. And it was the exact same thing. And to the point, you know, I've told this story before where, I would like go to strip clubs with them because that's what the men were doing. And so you were trying to be one of the men. But then if you were one of the people that got in that cab with the guys, the VPs or whatever, to go to the strip club to try to be visible, well, now everybody thinks you're sleeping with somebody, you know, or now it's inappropriate. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, there's there's no way to have a crystal ball to see how it's going to play out. And you just feel totally trapped. And so I ran to the arms of, you know, a female-owned company because I thought, I got to get away from this toxic bullshit. And mm. then I went there and then there's a whole nother set oh, of politics. there's a whole other
1: <laughs> set of politics. But that's because if you're threatening, I always say you need to be attractive so you get invited, but you have to be non-threatening. So yes. how have do have you be attractive, non-threatening? And you have to find where that is. And it's even like they say with Oprah, she's more popular when she gains a few pounds. People like right. her likability score goes up. So you think- if I'm feeling my best ever, yeah, then I'm I'm a threat, and then you have to tone it down. So it's just an interesting dynamic. And I have two two daughters, and I think about them in the kind of workplace, or how yeah. would I actually instruct them, or if I'm working with women, how would I kind of um, talk to them about how to be their best self, but yeah. not not kind of raise. I mean, yeah, too many. Um, mm-hmm yeah, not getting the people with like guns at your back or trying to be too much of a target. So it is right. it is tricky. And I do think in a way, I mean, I guess if I'm honest, I think toning it down a little bit and work and being a little bit more stealth is probably a good idea. Uh, but I think it was totally unfair in terms of that situation with um, in Italy, because yeah. if you're pretty or you're attractive, any kind of being friendly, right, is seen as sporty. Right. Right. And that's not fair, right? Right. Just because you're, if you're pretty and friendly, or then you're, then you're flirty. But if you're not attractive, then you're a stone bitch, right? Well, then you're a stone bitch. Or if you're not attractive, then then no one's gonna fault you for being friendly. You're just friendly.
0: Well, and then you won't be promoted as, as you know, quickly as somebody. I mean, statistically, right? Like and. I'm super tall too. So at like six feet, you, you walk into a room and already people are looking at you because you kind of can't not. But then I would be working too with women who were petite, which I always wanted to be, by the way. And then <laughs> and then I was threatening to the five foot one woman, you know, because here I am and walk in and am outgoing and friendly. And then it I could I could see the I could see the up-down looks of yes. like up. And then if you're a little bit younger than them, too, then you're really fucked. It's like, exactly. OK, then they think that you're just in there and you have different intentions and that you're it's almost like a, I'm going to cut you down before you can cut me down type of a thing Right. versus, you know, this kumbaya. So what do you think, Grace Graceanne, is like one thing that we could do to try to kind of bridge this or at least add some transparency around the fact that this is what's happening in mm-hmm. a lot of these situations, women—this kind of women-on-women crime—right.
1: I, do, I mean, I've thought about this a lot because this is that one example is only one of many,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it usually comes when there's a threatening of the power dynamic. Yeah. And so, in terms of how to actually mitigate that in some kind of way, I mean, one only work for women that are super secure in themselves.
0: So. And, that and can be I, tough. I mean, that's
1: tough. That's <laughs> why I work for myself. I
0: work for myself. I was gonna say sometimes you just gotta bounce out and start I your own bounce thing. Out.
1: So I'm yeah. working outside of the system where I'm non-threatening because I'm adding value and I'm not taking anybody's job. People pay me for the value I, I add. I come in, I do my job, I come out. I'm disconnected from the politics of am I taking someone's job? Am we get promoted? How much money are we paying her? It just it's much cleaner of a transaction of or a value exchange, and as a woman, I feel like it's just less threatening for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's so that I I like yeah. I, I like my world outside of the system that way. But th- that's not for everybody because you can't right. say okay, no one worked for a company,
0: <laughs> right? For some right. of the people, and and I work with a lot of clients it's usually about 50-50. 50 are per, like done with it and they're ready to start their own thing. Um, and then the other 50% really enjoy the industry that they're in. And to your point, you've worked so hard. Like that's the other thing. It shouldn't be you. you sacrifice all of this the reputation you've built, all of the experience that you've gained to just start your own thing. And maybe that supports that or go into a completely different career field. There are a lot of women that we need to stay in those positions and to grow in those positions. And I think, too, one thing that I found myself starting to do was really authentically trying to connect and even befriend Mm -hmm. some of these women who I could tell didn't like me and were like putting a target on my back. I would go and say like, let's have weekly calls, whatever. I want to stay in the loop. And I would say to them, I don't want them to pit us against each other. Just like slap it down on the table. And and I think even the they, it's not just men. This isn't a, a men bashing thing. It's more of a let's just diffuse the questions that you might have or the threat we might each feel towards each other. And I think when you can align, and it almost feels like a common goal against this even societal expectation that we're going to duke it out and have these corporate cat fights with each other to get to the, the only, you know, they're only going to let there be one women vice president or one female in the C-suite. So if it isn't, you know what I mean? So it can't be both of us. I think we need to have the conversations of how do we both try to get there? right? It's so that it isn't just one of us, or if one of us goes, then we will make sure that we're giving credit where credit's due for work that you contributed, you know, to get me to this point. But I feel like a lot of it is just women aren't talking. We're not communicating and we're the best communicators, but for some reason with each other in these situations, we're not, we shut down and the other woman becomes the enemy instead of the ally. Well, and I do think that's a really good point.
1: And if I look back to some of the situations that I could have handled better, what would that look like? It was a little bit more awkward with the client because it was a, it's a less connected relationship. But I think about people that I'm working with in an agency or working on the client side. I do think having those frank conversations and just putting it on the table, yeah. if you feel the threatening or they're, they're kind of pity, because I've been in situations where a female boss would pit me against another female co-worker to kind of yeah. see who would win out. So you, I think aligning forces being kind of saying, let's be allies in this. We all want to like, what do, what do you want? What do I want? What can we do together? Because I do feel like probably 80, 90% of the time, women have been my most powerful advocates and allies within the workforce. I have very strong relationships with women in the workforce. So it's just the, but the bad ones are just lethal right. and de- deadly. So I think those conversations are really important and maybe yeah, and ter- helping us just be more brave in those kind of conversations with women right. so that we can get on the same page. Because I think back to like Mean Girls comes from high school, right? And I, I think about some of my high school or college women that hated me. They mm-hmm. ended up being really my closest friends after they got to know me. And so then we're really close allies. And the hate was almost we might have been a little bit too much alike. Right. And the sauce that we triggered something about, like, oh, they see something maybe super ambitious, and I'm ambitious too. And I don't like that side of myself, or whatever is triggering. But a lot of people that I remember in high school and college, two women in particular, that really couldn't stand me. And then we ended up best friends.
0: Right. I mean, isn't that always it? And it's usually whatever annoys us and somebody else is the thing that we're least likely to see in ourselves or Mm -hmm. that we're suppressing in ourselves. So maybe even, you know, the woman in Italy, the client, maybe she just really wanted to be like you in a certain sense, to have that confidence, to be able to sit next to all of those men and feel secure and confident and carry herself in a certain way. And so therefore, you know, it was really threatening but I think to your point, the other thing that women do is I feel like we downplay the accomplishments of other women, especially when we're working in a team dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to get allies is to really spread the accolades around, right? And give credit mm-hmm. where credit's due versus trying to downplay something that a female you know, team member or even somebody that you're managing contributed because we think there's this scarcity mindset that there's only so many seats at the top allocated for women, right? right. So that I've I really got to kind of, she's doing good, but as long as she doesn't do better than me cool. versus uh, let's amplify everything that you're doing, because I mean, that's how you're going to gain the trust, right? Cool. Of other women is building right. them up. Well, and also
1: I I, I saw some, it's, you know, there's always kind of funny things, Instagram, uh, little quotes of the day, but something said about being kind of a good female uh mentor or just friend within the corporate world is introducing a female friend or colleague in a room full of possibilities yeah so that so that so and i thought okay that's a that's a true friend and ally is that when you bring someone in so if i'm going to go back and say okay what could i have done better in italy when i got invited to the seat of the table well i i could have gone to my to this the woman who felt threatened and she was stuck in the back and invited her to that table Yeah, and said, exactly. okay, why don't you sit here? They want me to sit here. Why don't you come along with me? Instead, I was just, again, if I'm taking accountability, it's like I was excited to be invited to the table. I was presenting. I'm thinking, well, I should be here anyway, right. but I was not really thinking about, okay, she's my client. How do I include her? And I think that again, feeling like you're bringing the women along for the ride, bringing them into the the opportunities. And if the CEO took a liking to me and he wants to talk to me, okay, well let's bring my client who I should be kind of making sure that she feels included because she's the one that engaged or, you know, engaged the agency on this project. I could have done that. I could have, could have handled that better. So I think again, taking accountability for that, it was not a fun situation. And I think, it could have been handled better i think she should have talked to me directly so i think that kind of direct one on one conversation as well and bringing yeah. bringing women along with us raising
0: them up you know and um But really doing that. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of women talk a lot of game Mm -hmm. and then they don't. I I can even see that sometimes in friend circles. It's like, I'll bring in this person, but don't hang out without me, you know, or this or that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a true friend is one that's like, yeah, here's her phone number, text her on your own or go hang out. You know, like I feel like, and that translates into the corporate world too, real Mm -hmm. confidence is is doing that and i think that that is something that's probably going to be noticed by male counterparts as well if you're secure enough and you're confident enough to be like you know what she did 90% of this project like that's what leadership is it isn't me 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 i did this right it's always spreading it around and then even if even if maybe they didn't do as much i i love this idea of giving people reputations to live up to so even if she's You know, like having daggers for you behind your back if there's a female counterpart. I tell clients a lot of times to wake up too and try to think of three nice things to say about her. Like, what are three gratitudes? Even if it's, she's incredibly outspoken, you know, or whatever, like, (laughs) if you start sending this chick love and light, like legitimately, like working it in even for seven days every morning, some clients I make them text me and you can tell they're really digging deep to try to say something nice about this woman. They're like, you know what, I was on a call And she was just really nice to me. And I'm like, right, because you've changed your vibration. Now you're nice and positive, right? You're getting a little higher. Now this person either has to rise to meet you or they will fall away. But you can't sustain a relationship where you're on two different vibrational planes, right? So -hmm. this woman, it's kind of this kill them with kindness. But I think law of attraction and vibration, you're going to get back what you're putting out. And if it's fear or threatened, you know, vibes, that's what's gonna come right back around. So even if somebody's is being a total bitch to you and you can just find good things, just really try to force yourself to think of nice things about that person, vocalize nice things. So that's 10Xing it right there is like the mm-hmm. vibe you're putting out saying something nice. You can't fight with somebody who has their hands down, you know, so right. if we all just start putting our gloves Taking the gloves off, putting our hands down, and really trying to learn about each other and see what each other can bring to the table, we can stop being this horrible cliche, right? Of like women that can't get along or men who don't want to manage a team of women because there'll be all this infighting and competition. Right, which is embarrassing and beneath us.
1: We do not, we, we do need to rise above that. And I think. I think, again, a lot of times I think we just shut down once someone doesn't like us and we feel like the dagger. So a protective move would be, okay, they're coming after me. I am going to kind of cut off the communication. I'm retreating. Whereas really kind of what you're saying and the kind of braver move is to kind of move towards that and start to kind of open up the conversation, which is sometimes the last thing you want to do because you're just... You feel like you're trying to protect yourself, right? But the abundance right. mentality and knowing that there's more to go around yeah. and I do find that when I share more, more comes at me in different ways, right? It's just it is all out there. There's a million opportunities right. and so much more but but yeah, I think this is a huge thing. we got to crack the code on this one because it's, uh, yeah, it's we a do. Real-
0: And I think just talking about it, too, and saying, and just admitting sometimes that we might feel threatened by somebody. And I think, you know, if you're really feeling confident, right, and you really want to be authentic, you can go to that person and say, I don't know why, it's so weird, I just would, but like, I kind of feel like a little threatened, I'm not sure what it is, but I want to talk to you about it, because I don't, I don't want this to turn to follow paths of the past, right? Or, or if somebody's dressing really beautifully. And then you have to really look at yourself like, why is that triggering? Why is it triggering for me when Grace Ann is up there in heels and a pencil skirt and, you know, has her shit together? It's not you, right? Um, It's always, well, it's not them, it's always us, right? So Mm -hmm. anytime we're feeling that negativity or triggered, we really need to look inward to find out why that is coming up, why those feelings are coming up. And then, so explore that and then talk with the person. And then if you Mm -hmm. feel like somebody's low key, got it out for you, I just say, call them on their shit. Like just in in a respectful way, say, I just have this vibe that you just don't like me and I'm okay. Like we don't have to be best friends, but I would really like to try to heal this, right? Like let's try to figure out what it is. Um, well, thank you so much, Grace Ann, for coming on today. Grace Ann is... i shes You'll see it in the video. She's in this beautiful condo uh, <laughs> off Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. And there I'm so go. jealous because I miss Chicago desperately. Um, but I really... Appreciate you spending some of your morning with us and sharing some of these insights. Everybody can find more information about Playbook Studio um, at gracebennett.com. And then also, is it playbookstudio.com, Grace Ann? Well, it's kind of, it's it's
1: playbook.studio.
0: Playbook.studio.
1: And then, then Bennett.com if you want to kind of, that's the portal, yeah. the Grace Ann Bennett portal. And I have some yes. other things that I'm working on, but playbook.studio, I thought when I found that domain name, I thought that's genius. I so it's it. not .com, it's .studio.
0: I love it. And then also, you know, I always um, encourage women to connect on LinkedIn too. Mm. I think that LinkedIn is a very powerful platform for us. We're underutilizing it. Men leverage it way more, I feel like, than women do to post and support each other. And you never know what new friends and powerful allies you will make. So exactly. thanks again, Grace Ann. And I will be talking to you about some personal branding with Playbook Zoom. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you're
1: you're on you're on the right path and I love Ascend and right. Transcend and that's already you already got some okay. branding stuff all worked out. Okay, thank you. Be wonderful. <laughs>
0: thanks.